Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Uriyidi. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we take a moment to acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to connect with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness in their individual journeys. Our hope is to encourage you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. Purpose is a truly precious thing. The word gets thrown around a lot, but in my experience, it's rather elusive from how often misunderstood it happens to be. My next guest, Brad Bodnerchuk, just happens to know a thing or two about this very common yet decisive intersection in one's journey towards growth and purpose. With a love for both people and food dating back as far as he can remember, suffice to say that Brad is a veteran of the food industry. Having since switched gears of sorts, his current mission has him working alongside restaurateurs as an established restaurant consultant, specializing in team management, branding, marketing, and planning, bridging the obvious yet often overlooked gap between a food service operation's unique set of challenges and opportunities. As a successful entrepreneur, business owner, father, and host of the very successful Half a Dozen Hospitality podcast, Brad has set a course for himself that clearly expresses his sense of personal truth and courageous growth. When you're fortunate enough to live, breathe, and embrace your purpose, you've got the makings of a very blessed life indeed. So let's get into this, Awaken the Awesome, episode 85 with Brad Bodnerchuk. Here we go. I was really curious because, again, I listened to, you know, maybe like a dozen episodes so far, and I really love your shtick, man, because it's really something that you realize because you're always so intimidated by anybody in the culinary industry. Every time you hear a foodie or like, you know, culinary consultant, you always have like, you know, this almighty aura of like, okay, those people are aside. But what I love about the very wide array of guests that you have is something that resonates with every single one, even with you, is a thing called passion. And just looking at your website and your bio, you said you're passionate about two things, people and food. And it's something you talk about a lot. And that's, it's such a beautiful thing that you were, you managed to actually bridge those two passions together. And I was just wondering, like, you know, where does that come from? What's, what's at the core of that? You know, the passion between the, the, the equilibrium, if you will, between mm-hmm. food and people, where does that come from? You know what? It's, it's difficult for me. First off, it's a great question. Um, one that I have never been asked. Uh, and I don't know if I can articulate it or I have the vocabulary to describe it. For me, it's just so innate. And I actually had a meeting today with a good buddy of mine, and he's also an entrepreneur and going through the process of, you know, the ups and downs of figuring out business and battling the imposter syndrome as we all do day in and day out, uh, entrepreneur or not. Um, but food and people is just, it's always just been my thing. Uh, even as a young kid, I was um, hyper aware of, uh, I felt better when I was around people. I thrived in groups. I thrived in team settings. Um, and there's stories of me when I was young, a young kid, a, a baby, and how I would just like freak out over food. Um, like viscerally, viscerally, like my body would shake. I get so excited for food. Uh, and it's funny now watching my, my now 10 month old, she kind of reacts the same way to certain things. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can, again, articulate it outside of it's just who I am. It's like, what's my being it's in my blood, a sincere desire to connect with people. 
and an absolute admiration, respect, and love for food on my plate and food in my fridge and food in our ground. Is that something that has always, you know, when you boil it down to the essentials of who we are as a people and as human beings, um, the way I see it, again, like I said, I'm not the biggest foodie in the world. I just enjoy good food because I'm Haitian, but so basically like, you know, spices and just a lot of servings and just like really wholesome meals, like really kind of big mama's house type setting. That's what I grew up in. But I've always admired the fact that and I'm sure, not sure if you experienced this, but how I see it, we can have different backgrounds wherever we come from, but everybody gravitates around food. A good meal will always bring people together, you know? And it's something that's so extraordinary. There's, you know, there's the love, there's the time, there's the culture, there's, uh, there's the appreciation, there's the acknowledgement, but everybody can resonate around a good meal. It's amazing. Yeah, I feel like it's one of the very few things where... Um food can really play the role in knocking down any sort of silos or any political walls or any racial any racial walls or uh, language barriers. The, the power of food is really um, immeasurable and you see it in, in certain settings. And that's kind of what I'm hoping to do with, with my business and with some of the activations that we're doing is, is knocking down a lot of those silos and a lot of those walls and just bringing people together over really great food. But yeah, man, it's a, it's a powerful thing. And it's, uh, you mentioned it kind of off the top and I say it a lot. It's, we all biologically need to eat. Um, some of us are very, very fortunate and we have full bellies most of the time and others struggle to get three square meals a day. Um, but at the end of the day, we all need food and it's one common thing. And I think that to your point, is what brings us together because it's such a part of who we are as a, as a species, like we need it and it is a powerful, potent medicine to bring us together and, and, and knock down any sort of walls that may exist. You have had such an amazing path, you know, just, you know, just with the stories that you share and just doing a little bit of background on you and stuff. So you've definitely had a lot of adventures. Again, you mentioned like, you know, since, you know, the age of 16 and how you just like dip your feet into the, the culinary industry. I, I understand that from my experience that it's such a demanding field and it's mm -hmm. such a cutthroat environment. And I'm really curious, what is, if you, if there are any, like, what is the biggest lesson, your takeaway? What's the biggest lesson you've had from your experience so far if if there are just one great if there are many we got the time yeah yeah there's there's definitely a plethora um meaning like just lessons i've taken from the industry or lessons i've taken since i've gone down this path of starting my own business gone down this path basically gone down this path yeah uh man it's been it's been in incredible biggest lesson i you know what it's there's so many cliches that are coming to mind and i don't want to sound cliched but um <laughs> if you have the ability to tune into what it is you're truly passionate about um, and you put your effort and energy into that one thing uh, mm -hmm. and anything is truly possible. Um, and that's you not specific. That? Oh man, I, I'm living it. Like it's, it's incredible. The amount of time I've spent dreaming about my current reality and now it is my current reality. Um, I, when you say things like my path has been amazing, I don't know if I would call it amazing, but it's, 
it's been challenging, but all those challenging are so, so, um, they're so rich with lessons and, and kind of nuggets of wisdom that I've, that I've learned along the way. But yeah, the biggest lesson has nothing to do with food, has nothing to do with restaurants and has nothing to do with this industry. The biggest lesson is, yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, look at, look at people that are doing anything in this world, whether it's me as an entrepreneur, as a restaurant consultant, or it's the restaurant I'm staring at across the street that's busy like those owners that chef is arguably doing what they're called to do and when you do what you're called to do um you really can't go wrong so i feel like what i'm doing now is living proof of and that's the biggest lesson i've learned that for so many years i was in disbelief of that was a real thing you always hear like oh do what you love and you never work a day in your life yeah and sure you still get you still got to work but man i i can't tell you how many times i've left a meeting with a client and gotten in my car and just laughed and laughed out of like just pure joy because I spent so many years dreaming of this and now this is my reality. So um, it sounds whimsical, but it's those whimsies that 2% of the world cash in on and they don't work a day in their life and they love what they do. And it just, it's proven to me that this is all possible um, but you do have to be willing to work your absolute ass off as well. Thank you so much for speaking on that in terms of connecting with what you want and mm-hmm. accepting that the whimsy and the audacity and you know what, the unbelief, the disbelief of what that thing that you want, no matter how extraordinary it is possible. And that is that belief that we are those people that we hold in high regard connect with, just as you put it, it's because they have the audacity to believe that that impossible dream is achievable that they actually do make it happen. And that's that separation where unfortunately the rest of us basically find themselves in. I had a question. I just thought, I, I'm just hoping I didn't lose it. This no, is no. the beauty of just being totally Be clumsy here. I'm, yeah, I apologize. I like it. It's real. Here's my question. The thing is you talked about seeing your dream. You have a dream and you have to be willing to believe in it, actually go after it. And you talked about the fact that you have to work for it so there's that balance of yeah you have to want it but how bad do you want it and i was wondering if you could touch on that in terms of commitment dedication sacrifice resilience grit you know i was wondering if you could speak on that yeah i mean the the first kind of anecdote or story that comes to my mind is something that was so so real to me was i'd say it was probably 60 days ago or 80 days ago i was standing in my kitchen and um it's early in the morning and I was making breakfast for my partner and my daughter and myself. And, um, I just, with my back to my family, I started crying and I'm a pretty emotional guy. I usually wear my heart on my sleeve and I've, I usually am very much an open book. Um, but these tears were interesting because they were tears of doubt. They were tears of, I cannot do this. And even as I sit here and describe this story to you, like I'm getting those feelings in my, in my stomach again. And Oh, wow. It was um, basically what had happened was I just, I had gone through a week or a few weeks of big challenges in my business. And um, I had been putting in a ton of work and I wasn't seeing anything come of it. And as I sat there and scrambled eggs for my family, I thought, I can't do this. And I had that voice in my head, my head say, you know what? You can't do this. You're right. You can't do it. And as I started to sob, 
uh, outwardly, my partner, who is like an incredible person, an incredible woman, um, she came to me and she said, like, what's wrong? And, you know, a question that any good friend or partner would do. And I mm-hmm. told her kind of what I was processing. And she said, what do you mean you can't do it? Like, you are, you are doing it. And you don't have a choice anymore. And it was those words and it was that sentence that made me realize that one, I was doing it two as a process mm-hmm. and three, I didn't have a choice anymore. Like I'm, I am not no disrespect to anyone, but I'm not going back to work for somebody else. Like mm-hmm. you can, you can, you can offer me all the money in the world. And it's just not happening. Cause it's so, so opposite of who I am as a person. It's so opposite of, of why I'm here on this earth in my mind. So it's challenges like that as an entrepreneur in today's world that you need to really like breathe into and understand where that voice is coming from. But if it wasn't for my partner, that voice gets really loud. And then that voice causes you to act. And usually those actions are the opposite of what you should be doing. Meaning you allow for that devil on your shoulder, if you will, to be Mm -hmm. like, you know what, Brad, you know what, Brad, you can't do it. You know what, Oliver, you can't do it. Who are you? Who are you to have a podcast? Who are you to establish yourself as a thought leader? And then you become kind of in that daze again. And then you wake up and you're 85 and you've done nothing with your life. So it's, it's moments like, yeah, exactly. It's moments like that where you break down, you cry, you listen to that voice, but you don't let it become your story. Um, mm-hmm. but like, I, like I've said many, many times, you can't do this alone. Um, you need to have, Everyone needs, my partner's name's Lindsay. Everyone needs a Lindsay in their life, whether it's an intimate partner or a mentor or accountability partner, because you will have those days where all you've been doing is watering that seed, watering that seed, watering that seed, and nothing comes of it. And you will want to quit, but you can't. You can't quit. Not an option. And you also spoke about, that was the second volley of the question. You also spoke about, again, when you realize this thing, this manifestation of what I would call your purpose, that's what you should go after. And that's where we get confused, I believe, Brad. And because when you see it, it's around the corner. You have this, this feeling inside of you that's, that's nudging. That's, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I, I would call it an irritation, but it's an, some people call it an itch. But mm-hmm. you know it's there. You see it's there. It's obvious it's there. And that's where the overthinking sets in. That's right. where the doubt sets in. That's where the fear. And that is where logic sets in, the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could talk about what I call the leap, Brad. Mm-hmm. When you're there at the cornerstone, you know you have to take that step. You know you have to make that decision. You know you have to make that call. You, need, you know you need to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. But you don't. I was wondering yeah. if you could speak on that, Brad. Yeah, uh, luckily it doesn't really that doesn't really define anything in my life anymore. I, I I get in front of things now more so than ever before. Um and for me the leap was just I got to a point where uh I I'm going to steal a term from this guy named Dave Nixon. Uh, I'll give him mm-hmm. a quick shout out and a plug. He has a podcast called um Mood Prep. Mood okay. Prep. He's in Australia. Anyway, fantastic stuff. Quick little like 10 minute podcast. And he has this theory, he calls it feather brick truck. Okay. And he says, life will give you feathers, like tickle you with a feather. 
and you should listen to it. Most people don't. Life will give you a brick, which kind of hurts. It's heavier than a feather. Hit you upside the head. You'll probably recognize it. And then if you don't listen to that, you're going to get a truck. And most people don't get up from trucks. So a truck is like you have cancer, you're dying in four months. Or Right. Right. So so the idea, like when you say the itch, my version of that or, or borrowing Dave Nixon's version of that is the feather brick truck. So I just get to a point now where if I even get a feather, I'm acting on it. I'm speaking to it. I'm going, I'm going down the, the path of it to kind of understand what it is. I'm putting energy into it. So I no longer allow things to get to the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I get a feather from the universe, um, I'm going to go down that path and exhaust whatever it is that I'm trying to, or the universe is trying to show me again, all this stuff sounds really whimsical and I get that, but I'm living it right now. So it's almost like who else can say that? Do you know what I mean? But it's easy for you, Brad. You're some big shot restaurant consultant. <laughs> you know, you've got, it's easy for you, Brad. What are you talking about? You have yeah, all the connections, Brad. Come yeah, on. What are you exactly. talking about? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It reminds me of the, have you seen the, the um, documentary minimalist or minimalism? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And there's, Great stuff. there's a, yeah, really good. And there's a, uh, a part in it where, um, this guy is quoting Jim Carrey and he's saying to the camera and Jim Carrey says to us, like, trust me, all the money in the world doesn't make you happy. And he says, a lot of his friends will go like, yeah, it's easy for Jim Carrey to say, cause he has all the money. But this guy's point was, well, how like he knows cause he has all the money. He's telling you, he has all the money. He knows. Yeah. He's telling you. So he's been there. So, um, it's not easy for him. He's gone through that process. Just like it's not easy for me. I've been through the process. But you know what is easy is when you are able to fully understand the power of listening to that that voice in your gut. Then things actually do get very, very easy. That That is the truth. I think it's because it's so unfamiliar or so uncommon or dare I say taboo for most people to actually buy into their own whimsy of their own self. I think it's because, right. as you said, we're trying to put on such a facet or such a um, a masquerade of who we're mm. supposed to be socially, culturally, uh, even professionally, that at a certain point we do lose sight of who we are. And then when we even have a glimpse of, no, this is who you are. Like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. No. So those are, that, that's for kids. Yeah. That's exactly. for kids. Doesn't yeah, that's, something, that's something I find really interesting as well. Like you have a, a six year old and uh, we have a 10 month old. And I imagine your six year old, the imagination that they have is just incredible. Or rampant. And I, I always wonder like, why, why do we, why do we try and stall that like as a society and not just as parents, but like there'll be times when, when you're not around uh, your child and she's being influenced by whoever, wherever. Um, and say she wants to be an astronaut when she's eight and then she wants to be an astronaut when she's 12 and she wants to be an astronaut when she's 22. Like who, why is it our right to say, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. And when does that happen? Though? Like when, when as society, we say, you know what? You're eight now, so you probably should stop dreaming about being an astronaut. I just wonder when, when that happens. Because at some point, you know what? It's, you can't give what you don't have. Because at a certain point, we're born in this, in, in this state of innocence. And we had that own whimsy growing up. And then at a certain point, we came across 
elders or figures of authority who themselves, you know, just latched on their insecurities and their structure onto our right. lives. And then, you know, basically, because you're just saying that right now, and I'm just thinking about, huh, when I was in, when I was like, you know, in grade school or in high school, I used to love theater. And then my grades, I had to focus on my grades. I had to focus on school. And then, you know, I just turned my back on the creative field. And then I became very serious. And now here I am in the, and a bunch of people like right now, a bunch of, whatever happened, you used to be really good, you know, doing theater. It's like, you really, right. I could have joined probably some amateur troupe or something and probably could have done that. And I could have, I could have, I could have compile that with your life. And what do you do when you have a kid? What do, what do you, what do you do then? Well, no, you're too, like, you know, you don't need to do that. Why? Exactly. Like you said, why you don't need to be an astronaut. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's so, so sociologically wise and psychology, psychologically wise. It's very interesting that, uh, that that becomes, there's a, there's a point in our lives where we stop fostering that in ourselves and then also in our, in our friends and in our community. Um, but I'm going to do whatever I can to, to make sure that's not the reality for my daughter. I mean, I, I, right now I actually, I actually whisper into her ear all the time. And obviously she only understands what she understands when I say the things. Oh, like, you do that? I'm like, you're limitless. You aren't, you aren't bound by anyone's rules or definitions. Like you define success. Like <laughs> I'm trying to like, I'm trying to write her subconscious to be like the most powerful suit of armor slash confidence boosting thing that she has and i just yeah i just want for her subconscious to be like the most rad. i am high-fiving you through this call because yeah. <laughs> ever since my daughter was three and you're you have a right to laugh and judge me uh when she was three and i like there were bedtime stories and then at a certain point i picked up a copy of the motivation manifesto and i just started yes. reading that stuff to her i know she didn't understand a word but my wife came in around nine o'clock at night why are you reading that to a three-year-old dude you'll thank me later yeah <laughs> she will thank me later the motivation manifesto and now she's bubbly she's she still doesn't get it but i still instill that just like you you know i make her stand from the mirror and repeat after me i am beautiful yeah. i am smart i am yeah. able i am powerful she's six but this is the armor that she needs because the world will chew her up this is yeah, exactly. gonna happen exactly exactly i think it's really cool and i'm glad that we can connect on that and, and we're doing we're doing our best to empower our our daughters and i think we're very lucky right now because we're growing up in it our daughters should be growing up in a time where the female is held at a much higher um standard or they're they're celebrated i should say um mm -hmm. on a much more appropriate platform than they were maybe when you and i were young men so i look mm -hmm. forward to i look forward to kind of planting more seeds within my daughter um but i also feel like there's women out there right now who are who are currently kind of adjusting and working for a new paradigm for our society, which is really beneficial and super exciting. The mindset is shifting. We can feel it. It's a way that I really do feel in this universe. And I know it's going to be a slow process, but as long as the needle keeps moving forward in the right direction, I believe that, you know, the following generations have a chance to actually do better. Definitely. Um, what else did I want to ask you, Brad? Um, you definitely uh, promote a message of, again, excellence and quality and refined relationships in terms of like, you know, what the energy and, and service that you, because you're very much about people and about service. And so I want to flip it a little bit because we're always talking about achieving your higher goals and going after your dreams. How do you deal with failure, Brad? Uh, I, I deal with it pretty well. 
Um, I think a lot of times I'm very ignorant to it, meaning I don't even allow for it to become a negative for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I also see how that in itself can be a negative, if that makes sense. Meaning I don't mm-hmm. allow for it to like sink in and marinate maybe as long as I should. And so I think it's, it's a kind of a, the devil, you know, is, uh, what do they say? What's the cliche I'm trying to missing here? The devil, you know, is the devil you, um, the devil, you know, is the better than the devil that you don't or something. Like right, that. right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. So as I say it a lot, I don't know if that's the right cliche or not, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is failure for me doesn't usually impede me of like trying again and moving forward. But I also see as I, as I surround myself with very successful people, I also see them using like data and analytics from failures. So they actually like, mm-hmm. do a deep, a deep dive and they really dissect the failure. Whereas I don't even pay attention to it. I just, I'm ignorant and I keep moving on. Um, but now as I am growing up as a, as a man and as a business owner, and as a father, I'm realizing there's benefit into, sorry, benefit in, in kind of sitting in that pain for a bit as opposed to just ignoring mm-hmm. it and moving on. So for a long time, it's just been, I failed, no big deal, keep going. It doesn't get me down. Um, whereas now I want to spend a little bit more time in that zone of discomfort of really understanding uh, how I failed, why I failed, and then what I can do next time to avoid that happening again. So it's just a different, it's a different lens I'm seeing failure through now, but it's never been something that has ever really held me back from uh, maintaining really positive attitude and pushing forward. Thank you so much for speaking on that because, and again, this is always about, you know, chasing your dream and making your dream happen. A lot of people, unfortunately, get stuck in the same position because there's always that fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And what if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't work? You know what? What ifs? I would rather, you know, just fail a thousand times just, just to sit around and moping over the fact of, hey, maybe I should try this. Well, just do it. Eventually, you'll figure it out. I know it's mm. it's cliche and a half-assed way to see things, but mm. just do it. How many times, yeah. like, if you had doubted about how many episodes of your podcast right now, I think you're up mm. to 73 or something? Yeah, not far right off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine if you just sat around like, well, no, why would anybody come on my podcast? Why would anybody sign on? Like, can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. But again, like it's, and, and this is not putting blame on anyone else. Um, but it's just amazing the, the power of the stories that we've been told or the stories that are told around us. Um, and I just feel very lucky that that voice was loud enough in my head to kind of buck the trend, if you will. And, and similar to you, just like do what you feel you're called to do. Um, mm-hmm. man, like it, it just, it feels, it feels so good and it feels so right. And yeah, screw the what ifs. Like you gotta, <laughs> you, you gotta go all in. You just, you have to, like if you're driving a Honda Civic right now and you want an Audi A6, go buy the Audi A6. Like you'll find a way to pay for it. Like just, you gotta trust the process. You gotta trust. And you know what? If you don't, mm-hmm. Guess what? You can sell the vehicle and you'll lose a couple thousand dollars, but it's all good. Um, we just we are so this anal this paralysis by analysis and fear and imposter syndrome and all these things they're so real, but we got to find a way to exercise them and, and move past them um, because on that other side is like pure joy, pure bliss, 
probably an absolute, pardon my language, shit ton of money. And, uh, and then likely the life that you always wanted. You'll never know what's, what lies on the other end of your audacity and your dream if you don't go after it. Because sitting around, basically, it, all you're doing is just sitting there and, you know, just wasting energy. Because, again, if you're just sitting there and just burning energy, like, what's the point? What's yeah. the point? You need to go after your dream. I want to segue into the podcast just for two seconds. Like, how did that come about? And so far, are you as amazed? Suppose, like, if you're looking at it, like, at the very first episode and right now, was it what you envisioned? Or are you still as amazed about the quality of guests and the array of guests that you get so far? Are you still as giddy as you were in the beginning? Oh, man, more so now. More so because it's evolving so much. It's not nearly what I thought it was going to be uh, at the beginning. And, and how it came to be was just, I've always been a fan of podcasts since I kind of knew what they were. And um, uh, if, if you can't tell, I, I really enjoy talking. So um, <laughs> it, it just seemed to be a natural fit. I remember when I, my, my microphones arrived in the mail. Uh, Lindsay, my partner, was just like, oh, God, it's the last thing you need is a microphone and that, something to amplify your voice. Um, um, but yeah, it's just been it's been something uh, I've wanted to do for a really long time. And strangely enough, my father, uh, I'll give a shout out to my dad. Um, he actually started his career off in Halifax, where I'm from, as a disc jockey uh, on the radio. So I feel like oh, wow. whole, yeah, I feel like the radio bug and the 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 radio voice is kind of literally in my blood. Um, so it's really cool, I think, for him to watch me go through this process. I was just in Toronto. Uh, earlier this week doing some live podcasting and he was able to tune in online and check it out and uh, he, he mentioned how cool the setup looked and how professional it looked and how great it sounded and that means a lot coming from him just from like a uh, father to a son but also someone oh, that's like precious him, that's priceless yeah, who's, who's been in the industry so um, yeah man it's, it's like I said it's something I've always wanted to do and like we've kind of been talking, the theme of what we've been saying a lot of is like get out of your own way. So I just got out of my own way. I spent a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks and got some pretty good gear to make myself sound even better. And then I started asking people like, hey, do you want to come on to my show? And I would say my conversion rate from the, hey, do you want to come on my show is like 98%. And I've had some people that I've never even thought would even look at my messages or consider joining me. And they have. And um, that again is just proof like, do what you feel like you're called to do. And people are attracted to that. People find that attractive and they want to be around that. It's like why people love generally rock stars so much because the rock star is doing exactly what he or she is meant to he do. He or she wants to do. Yeah. And that's attractive. That is attractive. You gravitate towards energy and you gravitate. You know what the word I'm looking for? Uh, there I found it. People gravitate towards genuineness when you feel some genuine authentic energy coming from someone you cannot help you cannot help but take notice yeah so if you're out there listening and you you doubt yourself just do it like you were saying you just got to move but be as authentic as you can be and like whether you're splashing paint onto a canvas or strumming a guitar or what, or having a podcast, whatever it is, if, if you feel like that's what you're drawn to do and something you're passionate about, just watch. Just watch the people that will be uh, attracted to that and who gravitates towards you. It's, it's really special. I really enjoyed the exchange you had uh, with uh, Andrew Morrison from Scout Magazine. 
It was a oh. real lot of fun, a lot of fun. And I thought I, I thought it was like such an amazing, just kindred, you know, just offbeat, but very interesting conversation. The, the exchange you guys had basically made me go around, Vancey. When you guys talk talking about defunct locations or places that renamed or places that new open, first of all, it makes me want to visit Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But definitely, I really enjoyed two people just having a genuine, awesome conversation about their authentic passion. And you mentioned yourself in, in just the cliff notes for that episode and just yeah. the show notes for that episode, how you just made you all giddy because you didn't think you would you would have such a you know esteemed person on your on your roster but what was that like man yeah it was i was actually super super afraid to even send andrew a message um and then the universe works in mysterious ways i walked into a cafe one day and uh a cafe that a friend of mine owns and um she introduced me to this woman and this woman happened to be Andrew Morrison's wife, who is his colleague and uh, oh boy. One, of editor, one of the editors at Scout Magazine. And my friend introduced me, and she's like, hey, this is my buddy Brad, and he's a restaurant consultant, and he's doing these dinners, yada, yada, yada. And she's like, oh, you should, like, we should connect. And I was like, actually, yeah, I've, I just sent Andrew an email, and that was like a day or two before that. And uh, I hadn't heard from him. And then literally within maybe... 90 minutes or two hours i had an email back from him saying yeah let's do it let's get together um, oh wow so yeah i was it was very surreal he's someone that i looked up to in this space he's a very trusted voice um he's very very educated i find him to be very well spoken uh, amazing yeah um so that that in itself kind of intimidated me but again i just got out of my own way i allowed for myself to do what i do and ask the questions that selfishly i wanted to ask and and I appreciate uh, your feedback, and I know I enjoyed the um, the finished product, and I, I know others did as well. So again, going back to my point earlier, like do what you're do what you're authentically drawn to do, and, and people are attracted to that. But yeah, Andrew was a great guest, and I have a ton of time for him and Scout Magazine and what they do for our local industry here in Vancouver, and also in other in other cities. So yeah, check them out if you don't. Tremendous, uh, tremendous guys! You definitely should check out that episode. It's definitely like it's it's definitely worth like it's one of best episodes i have ever heard in, in recent time but i really really enjoy the fact that um what does that say about you know our heroes what does that say? you realize that our heroes are people too that's also the oh, feeling yeah. i got yeah yeah definitely i mean my my mentor my coach uh who's now a friend uh was someone at one point i just listened to on a podcast and i thought to myself like man i'll never be able to afford to hire him as a coach or man, what would it be like to like know that guy? And now uh, I've shared a meal with him in my home and we chat every day. And yeah, like, like you said, he's, he's just like you and I, he is motivated by a lot of the same, same things that most humans are. And he gets hurt and he doubts and he suffers all those things. Um, it is, it's just incredible. Like we are all so, so similar. Um, but at the same time, we're also unique as well. You shared in the, the Instagram live you did um, with Faja. Um, that was really interesting. That's that's how basically how how I found out about you, which is a, a great, honest, transparent conversation. And you talked a lot about the fact that you're very, uh, you're, like you said, you're very intense. You know, you're very in tune with your feelings. But those are both good 
and bad feelings, right? So you're very acknowledging of how you feel. And a lot of times, sometimes we try to water it down. Sometimes, you know, you're sad, but you don't want to say it. You're angry, but you don't want to say it. And I was wondering if you could speak on the fact that you need to take ownership of how you feel in this universe, because the energy that you put out, you also have to take ownership of it. You know, sometimes it's not other people, it's you, you know, oh, and oh, man. to move yeah. forward, you need to connect and accept that. And that's something you really, you were very vocal on. And I was wondering if you could share that perspective with us. Yeah, I have this, uh, and this is kind of, again, new to me. I had, um, I'm 36 now and three years ago I had my, uh, I had a seven year, I was married and I had a seven year marriage fall apart and, oh, wow. And it was very easy for me at that time to point fingers um, and lay blame. Um, but I've just learned probably in the last in the last three years as I exercise all of that that comes with um, with a divorce and with separating from a long term partner was it's my fault. Like it, whatever happens, whether a guy cuts me off in traffic or. I stub my toe or whatever it is. If you can, as soon as something happens, instead of laying blame on someone else, if you can say and verbalize out loud, it's my fault, you take control back right away. And this is something that I learned from Tom Bilyeu. I don't know if you know who Tom Bilyeu is. Yes, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. So he actually has a t-shirt that I, I bought it and it says on it, it's, it's all my fault. And it's just this mindset of like, you know what? you are in total control and the minute you allow for someone else to dictate how you feel or impact how you feel, you are giving up all of that control. And I just refuse to do that anymore. So I, I say it's my fault for everything. Um, if the internet crashes right now and this interview stops somehow, some way I'm going to take ownership of that. It's my fault. I should have thought of, you know, what could happen. Um, it's it, again, it's counterintuitive for a lot of people because it's so easy to point mm -hmm. the finger. Um, but again, there's so much power in if you can lean into it and be like, you know what? My fault. 100% my fault. And then you just take complete control over everything that is your life and the world around you. Wow. Because I never pictured it that way. Because I always thought, you know, it's an exchange. Because again, there are the way people, there's the way I feel and there's the way people make me feel. But as much of reading as I've done and, you know, just, you know, some internal meditation and, you know, just conversations I've had. And I understand that, you know what, other people, you're not responsible for other people. You're not responsible for what happens around you. You're only responsible for you. And that is what you have control over. And that in yourself, that is what you express is your responsibility. It is your fault. It is your fault. Yeah. You need to take ownership of that, you know? Yeah. So that's something when you said about that, it was like, wow, that really resonated with me. It's like, you know, you need to connect and you need to acknowledge the fact that, you know what, it's your fault. You need to acknowledge your responsibility into the process. You can't yeah. just always be pointing fingers. Yeah. And if that's, if that's a little too harsh for people to um, digest or to adopt, they're not comfortable saying it's all my fault. Then just maybe have a paradigm of you have a choice. Like you have a choice mm -hmm. to react to, you can, again, your choice can be blaming or your choice can be owning. I'll take ownership of it. And your choice take can ownership. be, if someone is acting a certain way, it's your choice to allow for it to affect you. Sure, there's certain things because we're human that um, when it happens, we respond a certain way, but it really truly is your choice. Um, and I think that just challenges so many people. Um I remember when I went through my divorce, 
and was exercising all those emotions. I was actually in a really good place mm-hmm. and I was happy. Um, I was happy because it was the first time I was really being honest with myself and, and the people around me. And I had people challenging that and they weren't comfortable with that. They weren't comfortable seeing someone that was going through a divorce, living their life and doing well. It's like we're told as society, if you're going through a divorce or something challenging like that, you should be miserable and like on the floor and crying. But that's, again, that's a, that's a choice and that's a story. And I, that's a story and a choice that I just didn't choose to be a part of. So I made the choice Amazing. of taking control and living my life. And you're all the better for it. I like to think so, yeah. <laughs> I know you have to get going, Brad, so I'm not going to keep you. So I really, because uh, I understand you have another appointment right now. But again, with all honesty and transparency and gratitude, I want to thank you for your time your wisdom, your positive energy, and your genuine, there's that word again, authenticity. Um, There's some tremendous work that you're doing right now, connecting with your two passions, both people and food. That's definitely what resonated through this exchange. The last, the last question I like, always like to leave my guests off just as a parting at positive atmosphere, a kind word, a quote, a positive thought, just a call to action that, you know, we like to leave the guests on so they can, you know, just wake up tomorrow, you know, and take that next step towards the next level. Yeah. Well, first I'll just say, Oliver, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate uh, the interactions that we've had thus far. And um, I say this sincerely coming from you, um, the words that you've shared. uh, I'm grateful for, for your time and your energy and your bandwidth, because uh, if you listen to my podcast, I say it, all the time, the most valuable thing that you and I have, and I believe everyone else is, is time. So thank you so much for uh, making space for me and allowing me to come on to your show and, and share my story a bit and um, share my message. So thank you so much for creating this platform for people like myself to come on. And You're welcome celebrate. back anytime, anytime, Brad. Cool. We'll definitely do that. Uh, part, last one is uh, last like parting quote or parting words of wisdom. Um, I want to say it's Ralph Waldo Emerson. And he says, people wish to be settled, but only so much only so much as they are unsettled, is there any hope for them? Meaning, and how I interpret that is, you need to get uncomfortable. You need to be unsettled. And if life for you right now is easy, then I would ask of you to spend a few minutes in the mirror and ask yourself very, very honestly, are you living the life you want to live and be quiet and listen to the voice. And if you have it within you act on it as soon as you possibly can, because tomorrow isn't given. So get unsettled as soon as you can. Tremendous, amazing. And so on point. He is Brad Bodner, Chuck, Brad Bodner, Where else can we find you on, uh, on the interwebs? Yeah, thank you so much. So uh, Instagram, I'm pretty active on there. So just at Brad Bodner Chuck. And then also uh, on Facebook and then Instagram as well. It's at half underscore podcast. That's H-A-L-F underscore podcast. You find out all my stuff there. But uh, the best place to, to kind of get a hold of me and see what's going on is either through a website or through Instagram, just at Brad Bodner Chuck. 
Brad Bodnarchuk. Definitely we'll link up all the social presences, all the links uh, into the show notes uh, for this episode once the episode goes live. Brad, thanks so much again for your time. Guys, he is Brad Bodnarchuk. Please connect with him. Yeah, I definitely did, and I'm all the better for it. Tremendous individual, so you'll definitely want to check out his podcast as well, Half a Dozen Hospitality Podcasts. Definitely, guys, tremendous listen. Definitely, definitely worth something and really worth that subscribe button. So uh, be sure to hit that. I am Olivier Day from Contact Quebec and saluting my friend Brad all the way to Van City. Have a terrific evening. Guys, as always, stay blessed and please do stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We do love to get your feedback, so please drop us a line. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review. We always do appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.